Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Sockheads, the unofficial succession recap podcast with myself, Fanula Jones, and the ever gorgeous Chow Bella, just back from his halls. And he's got a lovely haircut as well, I think, judging from this uh, Zoom screen. Owen Keane, how are you doing? This is the greatest confidence boost I get all week. I swear <laughs> to God. Thank you, Fanula. It's great to see you. You were also living your Chivroy life in Italy recently as well, so... Oh my God, it was, what a country, what a place. No wonder Marsha went there and shopped forever. Like, a great advertisement for it, like. <laughs> you looked like you had a great time. Oh, it was fab. Where were you? Rome. We went to Rome. We went to Rome, yeah. You loved Rome. Unreal. So good. And the like, food. Can, I get why all the gay priests go there. Like, it's so <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> you know? I live there too. Okay, moving swiftly along from that, today we will be recapping Tailgate Party and America Decides, the two most recent episodes of season four of Succession. I cannot believe there's only two episodes of the show left and only one episode of ours after this. What the hell? It's flown. It's crazy. It's absolutely, yeah, it's moving at at quite a pace. And it's like, they're really ticking everything off. Like the fact that this was, you know, the first episode was uh, the night before the election. Then there was the results night. It was just very... I always find that these are the most dramatic. Like, uh, it actually brought back a lot of very painful memories of the night that Donald Trump got elected because I was at, like, one of those election-watching parties and it just turned very, very sour and people started panicking and, like, cursing and throwing stuff. And so um, it, it was very uh, very similar to what was going on in the ATN offices um, for when the results were coming through. Because this is the episode that Jesse Armstrong has, like, been teasing, this election episode, that it's going to be kind of... It was going to be the most shocking one. And then I like at some people 
or I saw some commentary online about they thought he was kind of being hyperbolic, that they thought, I don't know, maybe they thought more was going to happen or something. I don't know. But I think in terms of what they did with the election and the tension and this, you know, kind of continuous disintegration with the Roy siblings, I think they fucking nailed it. Like I didn't, I was a bit hungover when I watched it the first time, I will admit. So I think some of it went over my head. But watching it a second time today and seeing some of the performances from like Sarah Snook, uh, Jeremy Strong, like even Nicholas Braun to a degree, like some of the looks, like there's a lot of faceography going on in the election episode. It's, they delivered. They delivered it, in my opinion. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was disappointing. No, not at all. I actually think it's good to, to view the, both these episodes, the one with of the election party the night before and then election night itself, like to view them as a unit because I think you see like a huge amount of character movement and like how uh, relationships are definitely reaching breaking point if not have already broken. Uh, in these two episodes like you see the tension like we, I know we'll talk about this now but at tailgate which there's a big party at Tom and Shiv's apartment and it seems that everything is nice and rosy for Tom and Shiv again which again is weird but then you can just see Tom's patience completely breaks and it seems like all this pressure that's been building up with him um, from the start where he's, he's getting very very scared about losing his job losing his position he thinks the people are laughing at him and suddenly he just cracks and he's like everyone needs to leave, leave. I need to go to bed I'm so tired and then himself and Shiv have a huge blow up argument out on the balcony which I think is one of the greatest scenes of this season uh, maybe you'll disagree maybe you'll agree but I think like it was just so like you can just see they're just they're at each other's throats and it's the real it's the it's the breakup of a relationship it's very uh, very hard to watch but very powerful it was so good. But before we get there, let's go back to the start. Tailgate party, as you mentioned. And the episode opens with, you know, we're kind of supposed to believe that Tom and Shiv are great again and, like, they're fucking all around each other. It's the day before the election. Tom is, like, kind of relatively calm, all things considered. He's bringing Shiv in breakfast. But he also brings her this gift, and it's a scorpion, which doesn't sit well with Shiv. He kind of does it as a joke, seemingly. I, I wonder if you agree with that or maybe did he mean to do it in that way and be kind of mean and pointed. Shiv doesn't agree with it at all. But it kind of made me think, Owen, have you ever gotten a terrible present from a scorned lover? <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity. My SDI doctor would, uh, would, would allow that. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I was just thinking there though. That's it's like one of those classic things. It is when you're like dating someone, and you make a comment, and you're like, you know, you kind of say what's, what's on your mind, and then you can see that it doesn't land at all. And they're like, "Oh, I was joking. It was actually a joke." Ha 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 ha! You know, it's just <laughs> so painful, so brutal, so good. When my when I was seventeen, I was going out with a fella, and he got me roasting tins for my birthday before. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> And the more, because I was thinking about that when I was thinking about asking this question, and I was like, in hindsight, that was a bit weird. Yeah. I'm not like a big cook or anything. Like, it's. Anyway. Yeah, I remember one time dad was like, I think we should get mom a treadmill for Christmas. I think she's asking. <laughs> we were like, do not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never <laughs> anything to do with exercise or like. Ex- cooking. Unless she specifically asked for it. And even then, I'd still be like, yeah, you exactly. Sure? Are you sure? <laughs> I've also got your perfume. <laughs> Always good to have the perfume back up. Um, what do you think about the interaction between uh, Kendall and Rava that we saw as well uh, outside of one of their apartments? I think Rava's having this issue with their daughter who's having issues at school and is trying to bring it up with Kendall. 
and Kendall's like again trying to fully cosplay kind of as not as his dad actually rather I should say he's trying to not be Logan and pretend like he's really being there but he's actually not at all like as if he's trying to actually be a father mm. like, because where the hell have they been it's like like their grandfather is after dying and there's not one mention of these grandkids it's like ridiculous it's about time that Ravish showed up what has she been doing do you remember Kendall's son's name I do, so it's fine. <laughs> you should remember the son's name. The gir- the daughter, kind of irrelevant in my opinion. The, the daughter is Sophie, right? Yeah, the daughter Sophie. Okay. And the, the son, son is? Nicholas? <laughs> Iverson! How could you forget Iverson? I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. How the fuck was I meant to know that his son's name was Iverson? It's the most on-brand child name for Kendall. But yeah, anyway, what do you think about this interaction? Well, okay, so the, this, this whole point was that basically it, it, this is where the election is coming to a head and things are getting very heated between the two sides, Democrat and Republican, and Sophie's after getting basically bullied at work, or no, bullied on the street by somebody who obviously has identified her as Kendall, um, Kendall Roy's daughter and is kind of and obviously doesn't support his political leanings or whatever. And this, I thought, kind of woke Kendall and like made him snap out of it and like realise that his actions have real world consequences not only on the real world but also on those he loves which he does kind of keep in mind for a while but then as we see towards the end of this these two episodes he completely forgets and just again just puts forward his own ambition um or or at least chooses his own ambition over everything else but um i think it's like it, it was a good way of also like letting the viewer realize that this is meant to you know this is meant to reflect the way that the way that life is in in the states as well, because I'm sure that that does happen. I mean, I've heard stories about like Rupert Murdoch's kids getting like assailed at like cocktail parties about how Fox News is actually having a real world impact, and it's it just shows the toxicity of it. For sure, for sure. It does, as I am a political correspondent, of course. Absolutely. RT News Uh, they meet up with Connor the siblings and there's a bit more discussion around the funeral which is in the next two days again if you're to believe the week timeline and there's a conversation around who should give like the main kind of what is that called again eulogy I never remember this word eulogy Um, and there isn't an immediate decision made but there is a conversation around the tailgate party which is that night as you mentioned and the guys the lads want to invite uh, Nate now for anyone who is like who remembers Nate but didn't do a full uh, rewatch of the show before this season. Shiv and Nate were together at the start of the season. They were both in separate relationships. She was with Tom. He had a wife or was about to have a wife. Mm -hmm. Um, They're together and uh, they end up actually kind of working together as well. They're both like uh, political strategists. So he's working with Gil Avis, I think his name is. She gets pulled into that world because she's trying to fuck over her dad, essentially, because Gail is like an enemy of Logan, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Same story with the Roys, as always. Um, Mm. She ends up kind of backing out of that because the succession is dangled over her like a carrot. So she leaves. Uh, Their relationship ends up kind of pretty much ending, but he ends up actually coming to Tom and Shiv's wedding. I don't know if anyone remembers this, um, but that's when Tom also finds out about their affair and Tom kicks him out. Like he's drinking wine and he makes him pour the wine back into the bottle, which is the significance of the wine this episode as well. 
Oh my God, that's actually so true. I completely forgot about that. Well done, Fanula, for doing your homework. Well, it was a, it was a cursory Google because I remember I was before we sat down and record this. I was fully texting you, and I was like, "What is Nate's job? Why is Nate here? I don't really understand." But basically, Nate's here because he's obviously still really involved with the Democrats and the yeah. him as the Democratic presidential candidate. Like he's involved in that in some way. So they're trying to get feelers out from him and stuff or whatever. But this is the first time we've seen him then. Uh, since really season two and kind of the fallout things have been kind of frosty with Shiv but it kind of throws a spanner in the works obviously because Shiv and Tom are like back on solid ground supposedly what, what's your opinion like watching them get be together it's like I, for me it was like watching siblings shift I was like no I'm like I've I've washed my hands of, of Tom and Shiv like the idea of them getting together just kind of freaks me out I was only- all for it the previous episode but there was that opening scene is was just like so damning and just further highlighted the conversation or like brought into question the conversation they have later on where they're kind of pointing out each other's flaws and basically having mad digs at each other. Like she yeah. is never, ever, 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 ever going to get over that betrayal that he pulled off on her. Like they'll never be able to move forward from that. And I think, I do believe Tom did love her at one point, but I don't think he does anymore. And I think it was a case of, he knows optics and he knows it's better to be in with her than out with her. Yeah, because it was said to him, do you remember when they when they were all, when, when Tom and like Jerry and Frank and they were all discussing who would be the best for the interim CEO and they were like, well, you used to be important because you were going out with Shiv, but now she doesn't like you anymore. So I think that's like, that's been a real eye-opener for Tom that he ne- realises that in order to ensure that he remains in the line of succession, he has to ingratiate himself with Chiv. Mm. And that's the only reason that he's doing it. That's why he gives me the ick. I think even that immediate line about him, when he does give her the scorpion, and he's like, because they're having the tailgate party at their house, at their yeah. apartment, and he's kind of saying, look, the, the line will be like, we were on a break, we're back together now, whatever, something like that. Like, <clears> he's <throat> always thinking about the narrative. And then even, I think, with the scorpion... I think he kind of gave, like, I think he did kind of give to her as a joke, kind of thinking they were on the same level again in terms of, like, we're in this together now. Like, it's not just, you know, two ruthless business people yeah. out, out for ourselves, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Shiv do, will never, Shiv is too hurt by what happened to, like, ever see him as an equal either, I think. But also, I think, because they, they started off with such such a um, an imbalanced position, because she was always the daughter of Logan. She was always far richer. And they always, do you remember they used to always make comments about where Tom was from, some Minneapolis lawyer, and he's like middle class, um, and just managed to work his way up. So there's always been that kind of, they've never been on the same footing, I think. And then I think this becomes very evident as we go on to the end of the episode, where at the tailgate party, it all kind of blows up. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, Nate is invited to see oh, if yeah. the, like his team will like squash Gojo essentially because that's still on the cards. But the lads do not want it. The lads are totally over it. They don't know that Shiv is in Matson's pot- pocket essentially. So she yeah. hears that they're inviting Nate. She's immediately on the phone to Matson, being like, "You need to be here ASAP, Rocky. Get on a plane, come over from Sweden, bring whoever." Uh, exactly. And insanity ensues pretty much. Uh, yeah. And then you also have the fallout of, like, the firing from last episode. Like, I, there's a conversation that, I again, I missed the first time between Roman and Kendall where you can see Roman's already, like, regretting it or, like, thinking about how to get out of it. And Kendall's yeah. like, no, no, like, we'll we'll stick with it. It's fine. 
And then there's another conversation I think he has with Frank and Frank's like, yeah, no, she's like royally fucking Jerry, I should say. Uh, the firing from, yeah, uh, Roman firing Jerry from last episode. And Frank's like, yeah, she is like royally, royally pissed off. What did you think yeah. about Roman and Jerry's interaction at the party? I thought that I, I was like, justice for Jerry. As you know, I am a Jerry stan. I, <laughs> I bleed Jerry. Um, so I was like, dead fucking right. I hope she kept all those dick pics. She is a folder. She's a Google Drive, 100%. She, oh, yeah, for sure. She has a dossier. Dated, know? named, like exactly. she's ready to go. Exactly. To be sent in the event that my uh, employment is terminated. And, like, Roman should know. Like, obviously, he doesn't know better because he's a fucking idiot. But, like, why did he fire her? Like, I'm, I don't know. It's his own fault. Basically, Jerry said that if, you know, if this goes, if you don't give me, like, a huge payout and basically... Um, acquiesce to all my demands that I'm going to make it public that you've been sending me numerous pictures of your genitals. Now, it's his own fault if he put his face in his dick pic because, as we all know, that is rule 101. <laughs> Lesson number one. Lesson number one. Let but it be I learned now from suckheads, if nowhere else. <laughs> this will never be discussed in Kara Swisher's podcast. <laughs> that. She wishes, Kara Swisher yeah. wishes... But what did you think about her saying uh, that she could have got him there? Can I just ask a question, just going back to to the dick pic that was sent last season. Do you remember when Roman accidentally sent his own dick pic to Logan? I still have not watched that scene with my two full eyes. I've watched it it behind a pillow. I thought you were shaking your head because I was bringing it up, but I was like, (laughs) but whose dick did they use for that? Because, like, you could see it. Like, imagine someone's at home and they're like, that looks very familiar. Hey, Ma, I got the job. I got the part. <laughs> I'm going to be on succession. <laughs> it's my wiener. Not exactly. Good. This is my big break. Or should I say medium size, but okay. <laughs> this is my average six inch break. Anyway, sorry. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Okay. I'm moving away from the smosh now, Okay. What did you think about Jerry saying to Roman that she could have gotten there? Do you think that's true? I actually kind of do. Yeah, I think so. I think, yes. I, I, perhaps they had the purest relationship of all in succession. Um, I just feel really, I'm, I'm still aggrieved over the way that Jerry was treated. So, you know, I'm just, whatever, she, you know, whatever revenge she wants to exact, I will support. I still think that she has a chance. I still think that they're not going to get rid of her. Do you think that, like, this conversation and, like, this threat from Jerry has made him realise that she actually is indispensable? Do you think she's actually gone? No. Uh, see, I don't know, right? Again, if you're to believe the kind of online conspiracy theorists about, like, the motifs of each episode and, yeah. like, we're jumping ahead, but, like, America decides, people have kind of decided, like, that episode is about Shiv's downfall, right? So okay. then... If you're to believe if you're to believe that line of theory, the next two episodes will kind of focus on Roman's downfall and Kendall's downfall. Maybe that order might be switched. Oh. I'm just I'm just wondering if Roman kind of gets a bit too big for his boots. He has the Menken connection now. He has the strength. He feels kind of bolstered by that. Yeah. He kind of thinks he's bigger than Jerry and won't give in to her. Maybe and then she comes back and has the Google Drive and is like. Here you go, media, yeah. do with this what you will. But do, do you ever notice that I find when Jerry is at her most powerful, powerful when she's admonishing Roman is when she kind of 
like appeals to the more emotional side. So like you can see that he's actually genuinely upset when she doesn't like banter with him. Mm. Like that's actually, it's not the fact that she threatens him with this. It's just that like she's completely stonewalling him. That's where he realizes that he's done wrong. And it's the same then back in episode, like do you remember when he tried to fire her at the start of the season and then the following episode was when Logan died and he went in and he was like, I'm really sad. And she kind of was just like, okay. And then she left the room. That was again where you saw him almost heartbroken over it. So I think that's where um, that's where he realizes the power of Jerry, but that's also where we see him as most vulnerable. Could we see a Shiv Jerry team up with whatever she's plotting with Matson? She is Shiv's godmother. She is she is giving godmother literally yeah. to Shiv. So, <laughs> but we haven't seen much of a relationship between them since uh, that conversation in season three. Actually, yeah, I think off the back of when Roman sends that accidental picture or whatever. Um, she, tries to, she tries to silence Jerry, doesn't she? Yeah. Because Jerry's getting in trouble for it. Yeah. That, Poor that, Jerry. That company's so toxic, Fanula. <laughs> I'd hate to see their glass door. That's all I'd say on that. I'd hate to see their glass door, Oh my God, could you imagine? Anyway. So this episode is a lot of like people kind of against each other. Like I have written out like, you know, like you Shivy Tom, which we'll talk about later. But also, Roman is trying to, like, deal with Mencken. They're already giving him massive support on ATN already, like, more than is probably, like, fair in terms of media bias and everything else. But Mencken's now getting on to Roman and being like, listen, get your brother to pull the fuck out because he's wrecking my head. He's actually doing well in some of the other states and he's pulling some votes away from me and I don't want it to be this close. So Roman has to go to Connor and Willa and be like, look... You pull out and you'll get an ambassadorship maybe somewhere else. And that's when Connor, again, just some of the greatest lines here about how he doesn't want any of the slows. He only wants to go somewhere with nukes. Like, just. <laughs> I love seeing him stand up to Roman, though, and and like him, again, have this strength of Willa, like, behind him fully, but not maybe not really fully backing him, but, like, will always fully back him against the siblings because there have been some yeah. situations this season where it's just, like, so painful to watch him constantly be put down by those t- three little oh, rotters. Absolutely, and they're, and they're so cruel to him. They really are so cruel. Um, but yes, I, it's almost as if Willa is the wind beneath his wings. Like she gives him the confidence, I guess because she actually agreed to marry him that he can stand up for himself. But and then I just think it's so funny that we're, it's really, this, it literally is panic stations right before an election when they're like, oh my God, Connor could actually be the difference in some of these states. Of you know he could he could take so many so much votes away from Mencken that the Democrat could win in some of these conservative places. So that's where they're that's really where the panicking is. I also did get the impression. Did you kind of like that it wasn't that close? I kind of thought that just my like analysis of it was just that they kind of thought that Mencken was like kind of almost like a lost cause, and that's why they were kind of reaching out to Nate, the other guy, the Democrat, because they are they wanted to kind of you know um, prepare for a better relationship. Does that make sense? I th- well, I think, yeah, because I think when you go into America Decides, it's like they think it's, at that point, they're like, it's closer than they thought, but Jimenez is still due to win. Yeah. So I think at the tailgate party, it's kind of anyone's game, bar Connors, because obviously. I kind of thought they were all kind of resigned to the fact that they were going to lose, but they were like, whatever, we've, you know, we're, we'll just give it hell for the next four years or whatever. But anyway, um, I thought it was, yeah, I mean, Connor, Connor has some, as you say, great... Uh, Connor has really come into his own, actually, in this season. He was previously, I think, like a source of ridicule, whereas now he's kind of, you know, got a bit of, as I say, confidence in himself. Maybe it's because Will actually agreed to marry him. I mean, it was, it was touch and go there for a while. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's the true winner of succession. Maybe, yeah, perhaps. Uh, as a political correspondent yourself, where <gasps> would you like to see Conor Roy be an ambassador for personally? <laughs> I mean, I thought Oman, which, which was, what was it? It's like, it's a rich man's Yemen, a poor man's Saudi. I thought that was brilliant. That was very suitable for him. Muscash, I can see him going to. Where would you like to be an ambassador to? Oh, I'd have to be one of the Scandinavian countries because they have their shit together. They all seem to have like very good mental health. They have Ikea, (laughs) ABBA. They have Eurovision now, you know what I mean? Cold, so is the only thing. Not great weather. What are you laughing at? I think that's fair. (laughs) I just love it. The first thing was mental health. (laughs) But you know (laughs) Oh God, now I sound like a loser. But you know, all the studies come out. It's like Scandinavian people are the heaviest fucking people in the world and they never get any sun. So it's like, how are you all so happy? You must be doing something right. How the fuck are they all so happy? So when you're like, just go back to our Italian trip. Like how are Italian people not the happiest in the world? The food, I think I'd have to be in Italy or like France. Italy would actually be a good show, yeah. No, you couldn't do France. They're all so cross over there. It'd be too much work. Maybe Oman would be the place to be. I mean, mean, you know, it's it's like, you know, the weather would be great. Now, it probably wouldn't suit me and my lifestyle choices. (laughs) (laughs) I could change them. I can make it hip and cool. <laughs> oh, Owen Keane coming to an old man near you. Um, oh, man. oh, no, old man, sorry. <laughs> Stop it now, bold boy. Um, okay, Madsen arrives. The lads don't know. They're fully taken aback. But, like, obviously Shiv knew. Shiv's playing along. Shiv's yeah. then getting Madsen to kind of, like, schmooze the room and try and convince them that, you know, hey, this Gojo deal is really, really good. Really good. Yeah. This is a good idea. Nobody should have any qualms about it. Um, and he's brought Ebba and Oscar. Ebba his is like PR comms girl. I can't remember what Oscar does. Who really cares? He's there anyway. He's there. Uh, there's a very <laughs> funny thing, again, that I missed the first time, where Greg, again, is trying to schmooze him on behalf of kind of Kendall. Mm. And he goes up and he says, hi. <laughs> and Matson calls him Gary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. So good. What do you but think like- about Shiv and Matson? working together good idea bad idea we obviously know the fallout from the next two episodes but like it doesn't look like the two of them are going anywhere despite the fact that Madsen's numbers as we learn are not actually really up to scratch exactly well first okay there's a few things I wanted to say first of all asking Madsen the guy who sends blood his own blood to ex-girlfriends to work a room like I do have to doubt Shiv's ability to run a comms campaign second of all (laughs) why is Ebba here like, is that, she's the Jerry of that company. She needs to get her Google Doc and get her severance and go live a lovely life in the Norwegian hills. Like, honestly, I don't know. It's just, Matson, and then, like, so, so where we are now is that Kendall and Roman are trying to, to secretly tank the deal. Mm. Shiv and Matson are trying to secretly work together to ensure the deal goes through. Uh, what's Shiv's rationale for this? Because she'd have power? I think so, yeah. Because then that's the whole question around she's obviously putting in all these good words for Madsen and she's brought him and stuff. So that leads to a conversation again at this party where she's like, what's in it for me? Like, I need to know that the job is big. I suppose it's because she can't guarantee, like, they're, he's not going to take the lads in if the deal goes ahead. But he's like fond of her. Yeah. So it just kind of solidifies her future, but it's also away from like the family business. It kind of gives her that level of separation, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But like, but like, is it, does it all boil down to the fact that she's terrified of being hung out to dry by her own two brothers? That she'll go with the crazy Swedish psychopath who's got fake numbers, and that she'll she'll align herself with him? I think I don't. I don't it's just again, it's all boiling down to this fam- family. Like, how much Logan has fucked them all up as children as, and as siblings? I think so, but I think she's also seeing like that kind of red ominous light like a light in Kendall and seeing him kind of go over to that like make that shift I think she saw it with Living Plus and she was like okay well if I if I wasn't one foot out the door now then I definitely am now because like he's it was that conversation she had with Roman the last few episodes where she was like he's being weird like you can see him turning and he's getting kind of crazy again like this so I think she was just like okay well they're never never gonna let me in He's off on his own one anyway. So maybe I need to carve out my own little thing here, which seems grand until we learn from Ebba. Because at one point they're kind of taking the piss out of Ebba, Ebba, Matson, Greg and Oscar. Uh, And Ebba goes up to the balcony. So Roman and Kendall corner her and are like, they'd already gotten whiffs of the sending blood and like the bad kind of relationship there. But they basically get it out of her that like, that's actually not the main issue. It's the fact that Gojo have been essentially inflating their subscriber numbers. And there's, again, a great line where it's like, it's not just if there's one India, there's two Indias, but there aren't two Indias. Mm. Um, So Shiv is then kind of, that's when Shiv kind of cracks. Like Shiv's been going around schmoozing at this party, kind of undermining Tom, thinks she's really solid, isn't really afraid of the lads. And then she hears this and it's like, the chip in the armour and we've already seen it with Tom throughout the evening because Tom's going around with Shiv and Shiv's basically taking the piss out of him at every opportunity every conversation and he's also hearing things in these conversations where everyone's like basically implying that he's going to be fired after this election right so that's when we get the argument on the balcony which is I completely agree I think it it was the scene of the season for me which is so hard because it's been so strong I think yeah, absolutely. There's been so there's been so many scenes that stand out, but then just to see these two go at it, and it's like so like one of those like there's been loads like, there's loads of similar scenes when you see a couple just just finally reach breaking point and just go go for each other, and all the dirty laundry gets aired out in public, and all the accusations are made, and you know they, you finally see them be completely honest about um, I suppose about each other, but also about themselves. You know where you see like them throw the most horrible insults at each other. Like where, you know, Tom says that Shiv wouldn't be a great mother and Shiv just feels, like, accuses Tom of, of basically using her to get to the top. And then I love, there's this, like, bit where she goes, where she just says it's so flat, it's flat, you know. And I did I did see a very funny TikTok when they're, like, when you're hungover and you and you, you reach for the co- can of Coke Zero by your bedside locker. <laughs> I've seen that TikTok as well, it's very good. Like, it just, the parallel, so like, again, not something I noticed on my first watch, but on my rewatch, the parallel of uh, uh, the scorpion at the start, where Shiv's like, I don't get the joke, I don't see what's funny about it. Mm. And then Tom's like, I don't see what's funny about you, I don't get the joke about you going around, like, saying that I'm going to be fired. But as you said, like, serious, serious barbs here. Like uh, Now, and I know you're not a Tom stan, but I do think... Kind of Tom won. I think the library was open and he said reading is fundamental, right? Very selfish person. Uh, You're too, I can't even remember. Oh, you're too transparent to find in a book is probably my favourite, I think, because it's just damning. Uh, Incapable of love, not a very good person to have children with, which I mean, 
when because we know, but he doesn't know, and she knows <gasps> she's pregnant. This this baby has been clouded in more secrecy since the fucking Virgin Mary. I mean, when she <laughs> tell us? It's crazy. I'm like, there's been so many opportunities when you're like, just tell him. Like that would have ended all the arguments then as well. You know, I I don't know. Was she like, I don't know. I suppose she she just she just had resigned herself to the fact that she's lost the argument, mm. that she's lost him, and lost the relationship. But you're right that you're so transparent you couldn't find you in a book. That's a pretty good one. For a man who was <sighs> complaining about how tired he was all night, that's a pretty good insult. I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, said it was not not my fault you didn't get his approval referring to Logan you're broken Shiv comes back and is like I don't even care about you which I don't think is true I think she was just trying to say hurtful things at the end of this argument but yeah back to that point all this baby has heard is arguing since it's probably non-immaculate conception like the baby's the baby's like hello is it Wrestlemania out there or what like it's just Wow, mom and dad really fucking hate each other. <laughs> this, this child is the only person to have a, to have a therapist while still inside the room. <laughs> Googling like, CBT I'm... in the room, in the womb. <laughs> Trauma therapy, for fuck's sake. My God. Anyway, they and uh, they get off the balcony and Tom tells them all to fuck off and go to bed. He's he's over at whatever. Uh, and we, uh, we get another scene where Kendall is talking to Frank. And Kendall's mm. essentially, having learned about these numbers and whatever else, Kendall's like, maybe we should buy Gojo and like revolutionise it and have it a part of this like insane media library. Again, cogs ticking, like full Logan Roy brain disease. Because in fairness, I do actually think that's what Logan would do. Yeah, actually, what would Logan have done at this point? It's like, it's hard to tell because it is just such a numbers fuck mm. up but Logan was so when you consider how much he like vied for Pierce and stuff like that and how much he just wanted to have the biggest library of all the yeah. libraries there's a par- like I do wonder I would say he would have bought it and I think Kendall was actually kind of doing maybe not the right thing but doing the Logan thing there in that decision um, and especially when you consider if they were looking to close the deal kind of quickly they'd be able to do it and get the bad news of the numbers out and it would be kind of it would die amongst all the election news you know what I yeah. mean but yeah. um but I don't know but in the same episode he's also like Mattson is so like we've seen a bit anti-semitic in the episode like he has a really fractious history with Ebba like he's not a good person either but then I'm also like I don't think Logan would give a shit about any of that no I don't think Logan would care about the morality of his business partners whatsoever no Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. America Decides, the eighth episode of season four, and it follows the election. The election that's been kind of building for this entire series of a show and we open and Tom is absolutely stressed to bits. He's in ATN. He's on the floor. They're trying to work out the coverage. Greg is with them. Greg's like, actually, do you know what? I feel completely fine. I feel completely, totally fine. I'm grand. What did you think about this episode? Because I do remember, I remember, I didn't cover the election like, I was working in Newstock at the time, but I wasn't on like that night shift, but I came in in the morning for like, was it the 6am shift? So like six to two and everyone was, and at that point it was like, oh yeah, he has it. Donald Trump, I should say, the 2016 election. Oh, sorry. And you're just kind of looking at it on your phone and seeing everyone like watch on the TVs. Were you, did you fully have a bit of PTSD watching this? I absolutely did. I had PTSD. I remember I was living in Brussels at the time and my friend was like, oh, this is going to be a really cool party. It's like, you know, this journalist hosting a party. I'm going to bring you to my plus one. And, like, it ended up the night I was literally, like, crawling. I was, I was like, where is the gin? Like, it was awful. Like, I remember being on the floor, like, not literally on the floor, but, like, in front of a laptop being like, when are the Nebraska votes coming through? <laughs> like, it was horrendous. And, like, it, it, it's, oh, I just can't. Like, I, was, I wasn't working in news at the time. I was just watching it as somebody who took an interest in it. But it was just, complete. it's one of those moments that you never forget where you were because it's, like, you know, everyone's just, as you say, staring at TV, staring at their screens and in complete awe of what's happening because it's so unexpected. And then, like, it's also the confusion that goes with it, which I thought was very, like, very expertly portrayed, I guess, here, where there is, you can actually, it gives a good insight into what's going on in all these networks where they're all competing against each other. They're all dealing with the same amount of information, but they have to, you know, somehow break the news. And the pressure that goes with that. So, and also, it's also so fucking complicated. Like, the political system in America, it would be great if it was just who gets the most votes, they're the ones who win. But instead, it has to be, like, you know, who wins every state, and every state has a certain amount of points, and you have to get up to 270 points. Um, and then it's just... It, but, and everyone's... Like, there's also four different time zones in the US, so everyone's polls are closing at a different time. And it's just... There's just such a, like, kind of a free-for-all... And a like a almost like a helter skelter where everyone's trying to send in the information. How many votes are here? What's happening in this city, this county? It's just, it was. I thought it was very well done in that in that sense. But also, it did. It was very tense. I found it to be very like, oh my god, what's going to happen? And I'm like, this is even the real election. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my god, will men can win? <laughs> what like, does it mean for this fictional world? <laughs> what does it mean for this fictional world, which I'm kind of obsessed with? Um, what do you think is a worse uh, voting system, America or Eurovision? Oh, that's a good one. So I was at the Europe when I wasn't at, I was in Liverpool at the weekend. And I like I do enjoy the drama of the of the Eurovision results coming through. Like I think that they have changed in such a way that it is great. However, I think the juries are fucking losers, and that's why they picked that song instead of the Finland song. The juries are fucking losers. You heard yeah. it here first. You heard it here first. Like I, think, I do like, kind of love the system of it, though, as you said, like the drama of it and how they go through the juries and then how the public vote can change absolutely 
everything. Everything. is It's enthralling television. But there is a part of me that's just like, should the juries have as much sway as they do, you know? Yeah. But then I also love the way that people are like, oh my God, people are tactically, vo- politically voting against Ireland. I'm like, bitch, who hates Ireland? <laughs> you know? Who, which country is like, you know what, fuck Ireland. You know, if it was, you know, I'm sorry, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe we, I don't know. It's just like, I, I, I didn't even watch the semi-final that Ireland was in, but I wasn't surprised with the result. And I won't comment on the camera. You made, I'll tell you what, you made the right call there. You made the right call not watching that. I can, I can tell you that definitively. Anyway, back to elections, back to America, goodbye Europe. Uh, Yeah, so Tom is all over the place. Are you happy with who won? I don't want to get in trouble here, but like, (laughs) like, Lorene is very good. A very good song. Was it my favourite? No. Yeah. I thought it should have been Finland. I found Finland like kind of more interesting song. Mm. This staging was fun. It was a lot more fun. It's I don't great. know. And also there's a, there's a part of me that's just like, I don't know if you've won, if you've done it before. I don't know if you should be allowed to do it within like five years or, or maybe longer because it's just oh. like, you already have that. Especially if you won previously, you already have that fan base. Like, you know, Johnny I don't know. Logan. Johnny Logan would like to have a word with you, Fanula. <laughs> And I'd love to have a word with him. <laughs> I love him. I The only time I was ever in the audience for The Late Late, he was the musical guest and it was the best night of my life. He was oh my so God, what, what did he sing? He did Call Me Now and Rock and Roll Kids, obviously. What else was he going to do? Oh Fucking Euphoria. Like. <laughs> Imagine. Didn't Linda Martin do Euphoria once? I would believe that. I have no evidence to suggest that, but I would, that sounds like something she'd do. A percent in fact, I think I want her to see her do it again. She should do tattoo now. She should release it for the Irish market. Sorry, oh, I think she's back. Linda Martin doing tattoo. Surely there's an AI that can create that. Someone go out and... AI is bad, but like not if we want to have a laugh. So if someone has access to that, go do so, it and please send it to us at Suckheads. <laughs> when you said Linda Martin doing tattoo, all I could think of was Patrick Wilson McCarthy so, suddenly like <gasps> waking up and shuddering and like having a... <laughs> <attack or something. laughs> I've been summoned... My Eurovision senses are tingling. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. America decides succession voting. Uh, as we mentioned earlier at the start of the episode, uh, Darwin, who's like the there's a proper word for this, but like whoever the predictor guy is for ATN, like the, who does the polls, has the data, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. He's like it's going to be close, but Jimenez has it. He's the Democratic candidate. He's who like Shiv is backing. Roman fucking hates him. Kendall. Kendall seem is kind of dead in this episode. Do you like he's very what's going on with him at this point, do you think? I see, I think he's maybe it goes back to the conversation that he had with his ex-wife, and maybe he's like worried about the result. I think he's to be honest, we see kind of Kendall swing between the both, between them both. As you say, Roman is very much um in the bag for Mencken. Did you kind of get like I always get a feeling that they kind of almost fancy each other? I don't know, maybe that's just me, but there is I, it's up. Roman's daddy issues, you know what I mean? And I listen, I listened to the actual Succession podcast and Jesse Armstrong is on it and he was saying he doesn't like to kind of explain the characters or go into it because it's just whatever, he likes to leave it up to people. But he said there's probably a thing with Roman where he's like looking for this other father figure again and for, for whatever reason Mencken has taken the shine to him and not Kendall, which becomes uh-huh. an issue of divisiveness between them. But yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out either. You know what I mean? They've, there's, there's been a lot of allusions and alluding to Roman being, you know, 
No, I think. So who does Mencken? Who is Mencken based on? Do you think it's is Mencken Tucker Carlson? These people, all these people's names are so fucking ridiculous. No, Ravenhead is Tucker Carlson because he's the like presenter. Mencken is Mencken is Trump, but like in a way, in the way that people should have viewed Trump. You know what I mean? Like because okay. people viewed Trump as like ha ha lol gas. Do you know what I I found? For, I forgot that in the run up to that election, him and Hillary separately did, both hosted SNL. And like I only know this because I was listening to the most recent episode of Celebrity Marble Club. The book is Colin Jost and he like has a whole thing. It comes out after 2020 and he has a whole chapter on it basically defending like why they invited Donald Trump onto SNL and like him hosting and stuff. Anyway, but I think it's just like, it's, it's Trump, but it's not the parody of Trump that he kind of is in other ways. It's like what he actually is at his core and what maybe Trump would be if he was, to be honest, fucking more intelligent, like. Yeah, yeah, maybe. There is, there's something very like, but you can even, you can look, you can see it by looking at Mencken that there is almost like an evil edge to him that he knows very well how to manipulate people and that's what he's doing. So maybe that that could probably play into his, his relationship with, with Roman. And it definitely plays into the, like how he treats ATN in this episode. So as you say there, the, the, the early data, the exit polls are showing that Jimenez, the Democratic candidate, has, is edging it, but it's far closer than what it seems. But that there, and we keep on hearing like all these stories that there's been, you know, like political violence. Now, it's suggested that's from both sides, but I think it's it's more it's more coming from the Republican, from Mencken side. That you know they're they're getting a bit more violent in their support for Mencken, etc. And then then we hear the story that there's a, a a center that's holding all these votes, these early early ballots. I think that has been set on fire. And it's in Milwaukee, which is like a very democratic um, city in Wisconsin, which would be a big swing state, which was one of the actually states that went to Trump in 2016 and then swung back to Biden and helped him win in 2020. So all the time, you know, there's there's this isn't a normal election for a number of reasons, but there's also this added edge to it because it seems that, you know, the supporters of each candidate are willing to take things into their own hands. So we get word that there's this fire in the vote centre or whatever, and that 100,000 ballots have been lost, therefore making it impossible to decide or to, to call with def- like definitively whoever has won Wisconsin. And then it turns out that that is the state on which everything hinges. Is, have I explained that okay? Yes, brilliantly. Um and ATN is at at the start. They're also initially not covering this, so they yeah. are. It's like all coming up on their timelines, and Shiv's kind of pushing them to be like, "Why are we not covering this?" Tom won't because he's saying it's. They're obviously still kind of halfway in Mencken's pocket in some way, um, and Roman's also like anti. Let's not go with this, whatever. And then when it is confirmed, they're essentially again like pushing that it's called for Mencken, even though, like, they don't know because the votes aren't gone, the, the votes are gone, the votes can't be counted. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as Darwin says as well, it's typically, like, it is typically a blue state. Like, they would know that it would go to the Democrats, but Roman doesn't believe in this. Uh, and then I suppose later on, he has another call with Mencken who's like, I will kill the Gojo deal, but, like, you need to be, I need active even more support than I'm already getting from me across ATN. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's everything is coming together as as we kind of knew it all would in the whole season. There's been like these two parallels: the election is going on in the background, and then there's been like the deal 
of whatever's been happening like within ATN and, and Gojo. And now they both merged in this in this in the election. Roman wants to kill the deal. He gets a guarantee from Mencken that if he's elected president, he'll do whatever he can. He'll say something about foreign ownership and that the deal will be killed. But he needs to ensure that he has the upper hand in this election. So what do ATN decide to do? They decide to call Wisconsin for Mencken. And then that means that he is therefore declared president by at least one of the biggest networks. And then he can go on and he can make a victory speech. And then that, again, it's like whoever controls the narrative controls... Um, yeah, c- controls the outcome. Because if Mencken is going around acting as if he's pres- president and he's been declared president by at least one, you know, major media conglomeration, um, if there are any efforts then made to do a, to, to hold a count again or to do a recount or to hold a vote again, it looks as if the Democrats are being sold or sore losers and they're trying to take victory away from the Republicans. And that's the way that's going to whip up all his support. So I do, like, I get that it's a bit complicated, but, like, and I was kind of like, what is going on the, this whole episode? But then at the end, I was like, oh, my God. Like, they're so manipulative. And then it's really, it's just, it's a shocking way to use, it's, yeah, media and politics together to really manipulate the voting people. But it's so funny as well, because that final call ultimately comes out of, like, a fight that the siblings have again. So, like... As we mentioned, there's a lot of tension the entire episode between Shiv and Roman because she's not, like, she's not into this. I think she is, like, she's way more left-leaning than the other two are. Kendall doesn't really care. Roman's like, Minkin's my man, whatever else, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Shiv and Kendall end up having, like, a separate conversation where Kendall, again, essentially says to her that he wants to run the company, but he doesn't want it to affect their relationships. He's kind of feeling this jealousy about Roman's connection to Minkin and... He's kind of wondering about how good of a father he is. There's a really good quote again where it's like maybe the poison drips through and Shiv, you know, kind of feeds him all the lines. Well, again, I'd put this question to you whether you think she was being genuine, but she talks about like, no, you're a good guy. She doesn't say he's a good father, but she says he's tried and that's all that really matters. Um, And then Kendall asks her to call Nate to get kind of a sense of like what's going on or kind of get, see if she can get any pull from Nate. And she pretends to go have a call with Nate, but doesn't, which then mm-hmm. comes out and basically Kendall's like, I'm done with you. You fucked me over because it also transpires that she's been working with Madsen. He finds that out. He tells Roman they're done with her. She's cut off. So first of all, do you think she was being genuine in any part of that conversation she was having with Kendall? When she when she said to Kendall that, that he he tries his best to be a good father. Yeah, and like being like, you're a good guy, I suppose, more so. Do you think that was a genuine conversation or is it just to try and keep him kind of sweet? No, I I, I don't think it was 100% genuine. I think she was trying to appeal to his human nature so that he wouldn't make a huge mistake in following Roman in, you know, doing Mencken's bidding and declaring the election for them. I think she was trying, she was using every instrument that she has to try and get to him. And that includes like, you know, as I say, playing for his emotional side. Um, I think it was so, that was, that scene where, so basically, as you say, Mencken has made this offer to kill the Gojo deal. Kendall said, turns to Siobhan. Siobhan is, first of all, freaking out about this. And she has been from the start about Mencken. She realises how dangerous he is. I think there's a great, there's a great bit actually where Roman is like, oh, maybe your guy wins, maybe my guy wins. And she's like, this isn't a game. You know, this is, this is the Republic here that we're talking about or whatever. Um, so anyway, Kendall is like, let's see what Jimenez, the Democrat, can offer us. 
And if it's a good enough deal, then we'll, you know, we'll play it fairly. And if not, then we'll have to, whatever, base is, is very much what I understood from it. And then she goes off and she does the fake call and then she comes back and then he calls up. And I was like, you know, this is where, this is one of those moments where you're screaming at the TV because you're like, oh my God. It's like, if you were in that situation, I think I'd just die. You know, that kind of way. It's like you, you've, you've been caught out in a lie and it's like your stomach just drops. Um, and then, as you say, he finds out that she's also been conspiring with Matson, um, and then that—that's uh, where the, all the ties are cut. That Siobhan is completely—I love how I'm giving her a full name. Siobhan is uh, cut out. <laughs> she, Siobhan Roy. Her downfall. Such good eye acting, like that boardroom scene where it's like she's—it's her and Kendall are just eyeballing each other as he walks and like has the call, talks to Greg. Because it's actually one thing I forgot to say. There's a conversation between Shiv and Greg at one point where Shiv kind of essentially threatens him and is like, if you try and fuck me over, like I'll, like I'll kill you, doesn't take him seriously, which actually ends up kind of being a part of her downfall because it's Greg who ends up ratting about her deal with Madsen to Kendall. And that scene as well, I don't know if you noticed it. Again, I, I didn't, but only from seeing it on like TikTok clips. Like, when Greg is walking away, like, Nicholas Braun has this smile on his face, like, the whole way as if to be oh, like, no. I've won. It's his proper, like, first win, I think, over, like, actual intentional win over the entire series. Because when they do talk, he's like, there's a, he, like, and he says it so fucking stupidly, but he's essentially like, I won't rat on you, but, like, how much are you going to pay me? And she's like, fuck off, you're just Greg, you're a disgusting brother, I don't care about you. But then exactly. that ends up completely backfiring because it, she, he's like... His loyalty is some way to Kendall still. Yes, absolutely. It's a, yeah, I didn't notice that about him smiling, but like, and who would have Go back and look at it because it's fucking, it's scary. It's scary. Um, it's just, well, wow. Okay. Um, who would have thought that Greg would have been such a pivotal part in all this? I mean, I, this is why Shiv is my favourite person, because, my favourite character, because she acts the exact way that I would act in this situation. I, would, I too would have told Craig to fuck off. But like, maybe any any tongue who rises against Craig shall shall fall. Kerry said that she was going to tear apart like a human cheese string. She can't even get her toiletries off the ground. In <laughs> and now Shiv has said that he's worth nothing, and now she's been completely ostracized. Greg, Kerry can't even top up her leap cart, and Greg's out here firing people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Poor gal. Poor gal. Oh my um, God. Shiv is topping up her leap cart. That's so. <laughs> Uh, Shiv and Tom they have a conversation following on the fight where she tries to apologise uh, he doesn't seem as receptive to it I don't know if that's also just her being kind of aggressive about the whole thing and maybe actually not really wanting to resolve anything but during this conversation she also tells him she's pregnant yeah. and he about time <laughs> like, I'm the child's in college now at this point might as well oh be God, in this economy in, the, in this economy uh, what do you think of that situation because he says essentially he's like he doesn't believe her and he thinks it might be a tactic do you think he actually thinks that or is he just trying to be extra mega cruel no I think he I, I think he genuinely thinks that and that's why she she realises that he um, doubts her to such a level that he's not even sure if she's lying about this pregnancy and then that's why she gets so upset. She realizes, you know, how she's completely fucked up this relationship and how fucked up it is. It's just, it's very like this is. I think the best writing, the best scenes have been through Shiv and Tom. Um, 
And I think it's really been the story of the season uh, from like a personal level. Mm. Um, and I just think it's so, yeah, it's just it's very, very sad a lot of, in a lot of ways. Also, Tom um, fucking coked off his head for the whole night. I know. What the hell? I was shocked. <laughs> shocked and appalled. And a lot of, yeah. a lot of crazy behaviour from the disgusting brothers with the food and like the the wasabi and the LaCroix scene is just as good oh second time around. my god it was like that was obviously so I was kind of like myself and Tommy were watching it here and I was like what is going on is he actually allergic but it was obviously he was just trying to get out of the conversation that's why he was saying your man the, the data the data guy was he's not actually allergic to wasabi is he no but wasabi is really spicy so like if you get in your eye it it really stinks Oh, it's I thought that was all the ruse because Kendall was putting a lot of pressure on him to make a decision there and then. And instead, he was like, oh my God, I'm having an allergic reaction to the wasabi. So he got out of the conversation. Oh, no, I actually didn't think it was a ruse. I think it was just like, a, like Greg was after smearing wasabi all over the desk or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like again, disgusting well. brother. And your man is just like, ah, and then got it in his eye. And then Greg was like, I know, I'll pour a fizzy drink into his eye. <laughs> Perfect solution. <laughs> I love how he tasted afterwards, after he's put lemon juice into this guy's eye. He's like, it's not even lemon juice, it's flavoured like lemon. <laughs> Just pure citric acid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you eat on general election days? What's the What does the diet look like then? I don't know why you're laughing. This is a serious question, Onkeen. Sorry, I'm just trying to think back of like, you know, the days, I'll tell you exactly, the, the, the busiest days I've had in work are like all, you, all I've eaten are Marlboro Gold. <laughs> Like with a knife and fork cut up <laughs> delicious it's just yeah <laughs> is they're, it they're, so stressful it's not that stressful it's just you're very busy and you, you don't like okay there might be like if you like I remember like we, so for example when Biden was here like the Department of Foreign Affairs very kindly laid out like a load of like potatoes and uh, bars of chocolate because that's something you can eat really quickly and then you can also eat on the bus like you're not sitting down for a meal it's not all banquets yeah. let me tell you we certainly aren't coking ourselves up like a certain Tom Wombs <laughs> So unprofessional. So unprofessional. Um, yeah, so then we have the end of the episode, as we've kind of already mentioned. The boys decide to call it because they're fucked off with Shiv. Uh, Shiv is devastated for the country, for the fact that her scheme just hasn't worked again. So she's off with Matson again and is basically yeah. like, we're talking about the Gojo numbers tomorrow. We're getting them out there and we're going to fuck over the lads come hell or high water. The lads are kind of carrying on as we see I feel like the Roman Mencken connection is gonna end up either blowing up in his face or it's gonna cause a kind of mega rift between him and Kendall but I don't know where do you think they're all going from here I'm very worried about Mencken despite the fact that I don't live in this fictional world yeah (laughs) but here isn't the world as strange as fiction isn't that what they say I mean honestly yeah but I mean (laughs) I think I too am very concerned about these people who don't exist um, <laughs> but Mencken was given his speech at the end and I thought that was very good oh, foreshadowing or overshadowing or whatever they call that term um, where like his speech was completely off the wall so as you say if the election was was called for him he immediately goes out on stage and starts talking about like welfare kings and welfare queens and how the country has lost its way and we need to you know get patriotic and pride and all that kind of stuff like all these kind of dog whistle terms which I mean I'm sorry when you look back at the way that uh, Trump's inauguration speech which was very much, you know, like that, where there was no, it was very, it was, what's the word? Normally there's almost a, you know, there's a, an effort made to bring everyone together, you know, especially when there's been a divisive campaign, when you know that half the country hasn't voted for you, but you kind of act as if you're the president for all. 
But when Trump was elected, it was very much like, you know, I'm going to finally represent you and you have been forgotten. You won't be forgotten anymore. And it was very much a two fingers to the um, to those who didn't support him. I thought that was kind of what we were seeing again. It was the parallels I thought were very obvious here. And then I think you can kind of see the penny drop with Kendall that what he's done mightn't be the smartest move because at the start of the episode, I don't know if you mentioned it, but the data guy was like, oh, we need to make sure that we tick all the boxes and, you know, act properly or else we won't be allowed, we won't have access in the future to the national election database or whatever. We won't be allowed to prop fully cover the news. So, like, and you can see the data guy literally looks as if he's just seen a dead body, as if he's accidentally stabbed his own son, and he's just, like, shaking, and he's completely, like, I, he, I bet he would like some wasabi sauce in, the, in, in his eye. <laughs> like, I think they've realised that they've fucked up, if you know what I mean. Mm. And, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's, it's going to be a very Pyrrhic victory, because, you know, Roman is delighted now, but where's this all going to end, you know? He's won the battle, but will he win the war? Yeah. And yeah, speaking of battles, it's just always this thing with Kendall where it's like that emotional side of him that I do think there is there is a bit of goodness in him. I wouldn't say he's fundamentally good, but there is a bit of goodness in him. Yeah. And this bit of him that's like inherently his dad and is just a bit like, because he has that line where he's he's watching that Mencken speech and he's like, this is a man we can do business with. And that's just, I think that's when he has the blinkers on. But I think ultimately this shit's going to come to a head. You know what I, I mean? I, like, I think he knows it's wrong, but he yeah. think he's also like... What, I think it's constantly like, what would Dad do? What would Logan do? But I think he was saying that out loud and putting it into the universe to convince himself more than anyone else. Okay. I kind of, I think he was, it was a false bravado when he was like, this is a man we can do business with. I was like, I think he's just trying to convince himself of that and comfort himself in what he's done. Mm. We will have to wait and see. Two more yeah. episodes and then we're done. I can't this deal. Is, I can't deal with it either. I just finished my girls rewatch like literally yesterday and I'm like, Everyone's leaving me, Fanula. Like, I just don't know what else, what's, like, what's going to happen. What am I going to replace it with? The Diplomat? Have you watched The Bear? Um, I have watched the first few episodes of The Bear. It's really good. Have you seen it? Yes, I love The Bear. Have you I'm seen, seen it all? what else would kind of fill the hole. Severance is supposed to be very good and Succession-esque, yeah. but I haven't watched it, so I can't fully endorse it. Okay, fair enough. But I do like the fact that it starts with an S. That is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I off to a great start. I've actually never seen Girls. I can't remember if I've said this on this podcast before. What? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You need to watch it. You will love it. Like. Okay, adding to the list. You need, no, that is essential viewing. It's so good. It's just amazing. I can't believe this show is going to be gone. Oh, how do we think Roman's going to get on at the funeral, given the speech? See, this is, so the next three episodes are going to be what? The funeral? Next episode is a funeral, and then I don't know what the last episode is. I doubt they'll. I doubt they'll put it over two episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, is the last episode the shareholders meeting? I presume yes. it's one of them coming. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> Look oh. at us. We're the li- we're the worst experts ever. If anyone's made it this far on this episode, I mean, honestly, fair play to you. As we, you know, I don't know. The people want it. The people asked for it, and the people got it. <laughs> Idiots guide to succession. Here you are. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I can't, I, I can't wait, but I don't want it to be over as well, you know? It's going to be very, um, I, like, also, it's the bank holiday Sunday that the last episode is on. So I need to, like, make sure that, I, like, my bank holiday plans don't interrupt my succession plans. That I'm is staying a, up for it. I'm going to stay up and watch it on American Time, which I've never done for a show before. So I'm, well, like, sorry, I think I'm going to go to bed and then I think I'm going to wake up for it because I'm still a okay. sleepy girl, but... 
See, but that means that you have to like stay off like the beer for all the, all of a bank holiday Sunday. I'm not trying to accuse you of being an alcoholic. Sorry, it's like that's going to be a big challenge for you, Fanula. You are so rude, unkeen. I'd like to say it was a pleasure, and it was. I'm only joking. Love you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> this has been Suckheads. We will see you in two weeks for. The last episode of Suckheads. Thank you so much for listening so far. Uh, recapping season four, unofficially recapping, don't sue us. Uh, season four of Succession, which you can watch on Sky Atlantic on Monday nights, and you can catch up on all episodes on now. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.